Hey, everybody. You want something to do at the Crossroads of Entertainment? <laughs> That's right. I'm talking about Hollywood and Highland, the world's most entertaining intersection. I have so many slogans that I just wish the Hollywood Tourist Bureau would uh, come to me and say, yes, we'll use them. Here's a nickel. you got to contact that guy, whoever he is, the uh, the mayor of... Mayor, oh, the honorable mayor of Hollywood, the, the, the fake mayor. <laughs> yeah, the fake mayor. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, you know, when I think about uh, what do I do to be entertained, I think uh, of no better place to go than the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Guys, it's it's right there. It's at the center of everything. It's at the heart of amazing. It is the auditorium. That's odd. O-D-D. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And for being a listener of this program, you are granted access to a very special uh, elite club. That is a group of people who can get in for buy one, get one. That is after 5 p.m. It's going to only cost you $20. And you and a friend or an enemy can go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium for only $20. All you have to do is tell them, Star Trek The Next Conversation is the greatest podcast you've ever heard. And they'll say, I believe it. I like the new spin. Yeah, and then uh, you head on in for only $20. It's so much entertainment. You can go see one 40X movie for $35 or spend an entire evening with a friend at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium for only $20. Guys, what are you doing? Just go. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. We are here, and uh, it is uh, season three. It is episode, uh, what is it, five, six? Where are we? I, mean, I don't even know. Uh, point is, it's seven. Booby Trap. We're on episode. Oh boy, no, no wait, wonder. No, we're it's, not. See, no, it's I'm episode wrong. six. I'm wrong. Guys, excited about this episode. I love this episode. I wonder what Andy thought about this episode. I can say that Andy's theories seem to be a full force here. A lot of surprises in this episode and uh, people have been talking about it for a while and I have to say I gave myself a hearty, uh, a hearty secunda cheer of victory when I was like, oh, secunda! Secunda! <laughs> it is so patently obvious, uh, Jordy's proclivities in this episode. I was so thrilled. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's booby trap. It's very exciting. I hope you're all ready for some good old fashioned next conversation in the Ning. Andy, um, yes, Admiral's Club. Trying to figure out what's going on. No, I know. I think I think the Admiral's Club. Here's where here's where we start. Should they watch this episode? I think we know what your answer is. Oh, uh, don't, guys. Save yourself this the joy. Such a lie. Save yourself the joy of <laughs> seeing this episode. Uh, feel bad about everything. <laughs> With that, let's take a peek, guys, inside the Admiral's Club. Oh no. Go to 
Matt. Yes. How do they get inside the Admiral's Club? Well, first we go through this door. Okay. I might have the doors confused. Yeah. Let me just check this door. That's very, that's elegant, that uh-huh, one. Uh-huh. Is that the President's Club? I don't even remember. No, the President's Club is a big, thick. That's this one. Then like, this, this is the door. President's door. This oh, there's only is... two options? Yeah, that one's not one. Oh, guys, let's leave the President's Club. Let's go into the area of the. Here we are. Okay. We're in the Admiral's Club. Uh, Admiral Bound by Hungry Street Steve. Oh, how do people get into the Admiral's Club? Well, Andy, all they have to do is a very simple task. All they Just go write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Say something positive or negative, and you're, uh, you're in. And by the way, just to be clear, people want their name said. I understand. Everybody wants their name said on the podcast. You're in if you leave a five-star review. Uh, review, you know whether whether we mention your name or you're not. You are an admiral. You can throw your weight around like an admiral. You can make a lot of political decisions. Yeah, you that can don't necessarily take a, serve the federation. Captain ship without his consent. Is that true? Can an sure, admiral, that's crazy. Anyway, hungry Steve has to say, I love this show like I love to eat, which is to say a lot. Except now I'm on a diet, so I don't eat. I do still listen to the show though because it fills me up with love, much like a large Chicago stuffed pizza used to. Look, I'm a social worker, not a comedy writer, so feel free to punch this up with some yucks ha andy and matt can't be replicated your friend through trek hungry steve mm. just wanted to read that because i feel like he's kind of soulmates with both me and matt well he's hungry so are we mary poppins mm-hmm. says uh jack sunk animate uh, while drawing 2D animation on the movie Mary Poppins Returns, I wasn't able to talk about it, uh, but we all enjoyed this podcast. It's a tedious process, and someone suggested this podcast, and it was so enjoyable that I suggested it to everyone else. So when you see the dancing and singing characters on screen, know that Matt and Andy had a small part. Thanks, Jacqueline S. <laughs> I was delighted to read this. Sure. I Matt and I are both, uh, it's fair to say you're also a huge Disney nerd, correct? Or just a Disneyland and World nerd? Uh, uh, more of the theme park side of things. More of the theme park. See, I'm both. I'm obsessed with the theme parks, and I'm obsessed with old, especially old-timey Disney animation. Um, so I was just just thrilled to to hear this. Jacqueline, send us a send us a, an email over at um, sttncpod at gmail dot com, um, and let us know specifically what you were up to and what you drew. Um, I just love it and happy to help the whole team over at Disney Animation. I'm trying to trying to get uh, Matt to pull his strings and get us into Club Thirty Three. See if that happens. Any progress? Pull the strings. Pull the string. Pull the string. And the last one is next time on STTNC from Derek D twenty six, um, and then he he's directs me and Andy's best next time announcer, a circa uh, voice uh, circa eighty nine. The podcast is an extreme danger. Can Lieutenant Secunda hold his attention long enough to get the game? Get to the game. Can <laughs> Captain Myra stay awake while Lieutenant Secunda is reading? Will there ever be a callback to the pack lids in any subsequent series? What happens to everyone's dishes after they've been replicated? Find out next week on STTNC. Yeah. The answer to all those questions is maybe. Now, Matt, yeah. I think I'm, I'm in more of a, an understand. I understand now what you're doing with the doors inside the Admirals Club and the United Federation of Planets President Circle. Circle. Yeah. So here's my here's my here's my opinion. You yeah. feel free to overrule. Yeah. We go through the door now into the 
United Federation of Planet, Planets President Circle. Yes, but then we have to come back out. We come back out, yeah. but it's not until we leave the door of the uh, Admirals Club that we hear the theme. That's like a an entering and leaving the the main door to the Admirals Club theme. But not That's, when we leave to go into the United Federation of Planets President right. Circle. It has no... It has no um, theme. Right. So, obviously, we can't play a theme when we enter and exit it. Well, there's a theme to leave the Admiral's Club, I guess is what I'm saying. But I feel yes, like we should only hear no that. there's no theme in and out of the President's Circle. Right. So. Okay. So, well, anyway, we're going into the President's Circle, so open the door. Oh, here we go. We decided it was the large one. So, this is the... <laughs> closing behind us. Heidi Dugan uh, sent us $21 and says, for my upcoming birthday, April 21st, I decided, she's right on the cusp, Oh, here we go. Um, I decided I would give myself a, a United Federation of Presidents Circle membership. Congratulations, Heidi. You you're did it, Heidi. You're a president, you're President in. Dugan. You're in the circle. Or Duggan. D-U-G-A-N? How would you say that? Duggan is two Gs. All right, Dugan. Uh, love you guys. Mostly Andy. <laughs> nice. Secunda. About time. For what it's... What does that mean? For yeah. what it's worth, I'd Patreon support you guys. Patreon? Patreon. Um, watching and podcasting the Ronald Moore Battlestar Galactica. Uh, mm. Anyway, happy birthday to me and thanks for the podcast. Well, happy birthday to you. I actually would love to do that and I've never seen the final season as I haven't of many uh, TV shows of Battlestar Galactica even though I loved it. Um, I haven't seen any of any. <gasps> You've never seen Battlestar Galactica? Correct. I've never seen Battlestar Galactica. The original or the re... re- no. Oh, my God. What I are we know. doing? I know. I was about to say you would never do that. Now I feel like we have to do that. Oh, I don't want to do that. Matt, it's so good. It's Ronald D. Moore at his best. I know. That's why I haven't watched it, Andy. I, I thought... When that was out, I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with enough things right now. I really can't. You're correct. Possibly... I have to make you watch that. I really was going to go like, eh, never mind. We don't need happening. another one. I'm never going to get you to watch The happening. Wire. I'm not going to whatever. No. Come on. No. All right. This is a battle that no. I'm going to have to galactic you. Because <laughs> this is crazy. You would love this. Well, that's no, what I'm not really thinking. As I say, would you love this? Express your opinions, guys, because I feel like. On the one hand, that is just some just some high-level, detailed, dark, just like rich chocolate Ronald D. Moore writing. On the other hand, a lot of the things that I liked about Discovery, Matt was a little bit resistant to, which are a Ronald D. Moore direction. So I wonder how you would feel. How do you feel about a really dark, like the super darkest Star Trek you've ever seen? How would I feel about the darkest Star Trek I've ever seen? Not great. Yeah, I you like more of the utopians. I wouldn't man. enjoy it. I think you're just saying that, so you don't have to do this. No, podcast. no, no. Like the, you know, there's. I had to I, when Discovery was in the mirror universe. I, I was just like, I had too much anxiety. Oh, see, that was just my jam. I was like, I, 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 this is too much. I love it. This is too much. I love it. Interesting. It's a, it's share your share your opinions. It's a, it's a very interesting distinction of people who like almost the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's all we got for the United Federation of Planets President Circle. If you want to. Oh well, Andy, we're gonna have to walk out the door. Okay. It's too bad I've. Well, you were just looking. Lost at the your door. Emails, right? <laughs> 
Uh, I was looking at my calendar. <laughs> I see. To see what. See it if was. you had time for the Battlestar Galactica podcast. I was. I'm trying to fit in so many Battlestar Galactica podcasts. Let me ask you, Matt. Yes. If we opened up a pat- Patreon. Well, hang on. Ask me in the uh, Admirals okay. Club. Yeah, we don't want to talk business here. Wait, hang on. Oh God, ask me in the Admirals Club. I said. God, we're okay. away from those. Yeah, those all those presidents, those oh. hobnobbers and lobbyists. Um, so, uh, how much would you need on yeah. a Patreon? If I, if I set page. up a Patreon page, uh-huh. I keep saying Patreon like I'm saying patronize. Well, you know, patronize. because that's what it is, really, isn't it? It is. I guess. You but know what patronize I mean? is like condescend. <laughs> yeah, but you also yeah patronize versus patronize <laughs> right. a, a a store or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Continue. How much would you need? To get us to do a Battlestar Galactica podcast in addition to this podcast. <laughs> in addition to this podcast, it would be an, an amount that, that we would never get. Yeah. I don't know. I can imagine quite a bit. That's a Star Wars reference. We're not allowed to talk about that because Matt's doing that additional podcast with Matt Gorley. He's somehow doing a Star Wars podcast with Matt Gorley. It's only, crazy. There's only 10 of those. <laughs> Jesus. Star Warsing, guys. It's uh, you didn't do that. Why it, are you not it, doing it that? It would me? be a Patreon uh, if we ever get around to doing it. I'm trying to think. We haven't gotten around to doing it. So. I w- I'm going to be on at least one of those, aren't I? Yeah, sure. At least uh, do I want to be on the worst one or the best one? Yeah, I'm, uh, there's no point in asking. You're going to stick me on the worst one. You would I'm rather sure. be on Temple of Doom, I think. No, I, I definitely want to be on the Indiana Jones one, too. Well, I'm sticking with the worst one. I think it's Temple of Doom. No, I'm saying of the Star Wars movies. Well, I'm also... Well, what's the worst Star... Well, I, well the answer is very clear. I always forget about the first three. <laughs> <laughs> episode one, two, three, I mean. Sure. I think episode one is... That's got to be the worst one, right? I don't yeah. know. I saw it nine times in theater, so wrong guy to ask. You're a child. Anyway, let's go. All right, bye. And that was the Admiral's Club. I like to think that that guy is just waiting outside the Admiral's Club for us. <laughs> um, okay, so we finished that business, and now... Captain, we are being hailed. Time to open up the hail bag. Mm-hmm. Our first hail uh, is from Azada Rahi, who writes, Hi, weirdos. Um, oh, we had mentioned the radish reference uh, from a listener, and we didn't know what it was. Uh, and... Uh, Azada says uh, the radish reference from that listener in the last ep was from a future episode where Picard deals with some children solo in an emergency sitch and I think someone else had said are you talking about Captain Picard Day what are you talking about mm. wait what, what was the beginning of that the, the, there was a radish reference we made a radish or some, one, of the, one of the listeners made a radish oh, reference oh yes they grew prize radishes right um, in, uh, in, in, in uh, the school here oh I have the clip here it is and they won Cat Picard Day. Uh, your science project involved radishes, did it not? Yes, sir. Then I shall appoint you my executive officer in, in charge, charge of, of radishes. radishes. Yes. There you go. They're, they're stuck in a turbo lift, guys. They're going to have to climb out of there. It's a good time. Um, That's when they decided that they wanted to try to write the Poseidon Adventure taking place on the Enterprise. In that episode? That's what that episode is. You have something to look forward to, Andy. I know that's, how much you love the Poseidon. That sounds adventure. like a great episode. Uh, was it a, a good, good episode? It feels like that. I like that one, yeah. I also like Starship Mine, which is Die Hard on, an, uh, on the Enterprise. 
And was that specifically what they said they wanted to try and do? Yes. Oh, that sounds amazing. All right. Uh, here's another one. Hey, guys, I will start uh, my with my question. I will start with my question in an effort to be mm-hmm. brief. Did the Star Trek writers really just suck uh, that bad, or is character development something to be expected in season three of a series? I was re-listening to your podcast number 11 mm-hmm. on, uh, on in season one, episode 12, and at minute 55.20, thank you for the specificity. We appreciate it. And he comes up with a theory which talks about the writers being more focused on character development early in a season and focusing more on storylines later. But here we are, episode 52, and you guys are uh, dis- again discussing character development. Maybe this is just because the only positive aspects of season three, episode five, was its character development. But really, is this indicative of how poor the writing was that they're still working on character development in season three? Or is this typical in the field of TV writing? Thanks, guys. Kurt. So essentially, I think we were questioning at the beginning, is this because they were trying to figure out who the characters were in a lot of character development? Yeah, so they had no stories. In season three, we were talking about in this episode he's referring to we were talking about the same thing which I think is the bonding so I guess my are you following this? yeah my instinct is that at the beginning of a series the greater challenge is literally figuring out how do these characters interact with each other who are these characters and what's going to be the easiest way to write for their voices along with what storylines work better with their characters I feel like generally, some people would say in season two, I think I just saw an article, it was like, is the best season or the worst season of particular series season two. Season two is the best or worst? Some some they say it's the worst, some they say it's the best. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like it's often in season two, but more frequently, I think, in season three, that they, if they've lasted that long and the audience likes it, then they've figured out the characters and then it's time to really dig into the characters and have fun with them which i really feel like they did in the bonding yeah um whereas at the beginning i feel like it's the same kind of frenetic figuring out but it's more panicked and desperate (laughs) on the part of the writers and just like i don't know is it this let's try this oh that episode was terrible because data wouldn't be you know like in the what was the one where they all have sex sex with tashi um Naked Now. Naked Now. Well, episodes like that, then it's just like they're swinging wild and missing. Do you have a take, Matt? Well, I think it's it's hard to strike a balance between a a moving, good story and character development. Yeah. It's a hard hard needle to thread. You're going to either, I think, let one or the other go to the wayside some episodes... But in season runs, I find, you know, through all of my uh, watching of old shows and the like, uh, season three is the season where everything has been figured out. Can you and then they another, can just... Another example. Of what? Of Cheers locked in the, pretty fast. Cheers did lock in, but watch season three. It's full of fucking yeah, amazing gold. episodes. Um, I think Seinfeld season three, I think... Uh, yeah, that's fair. I think um, season three of um, Frasier, I oh, think, yeah. is particularly good. I think that season three of, um, you well, think? I guess the the the, the, uh, the rule uh, breaker uh, is the original series. Season three is horrible. Well, and all the would you say where would where generally because I feel like 
Voyager, which is the only other one besides the original series I know well, was season four, I think. That was Jerry Ryan, And that was the case, too, for Deep Space Nine. It really got going during season four when Worf showed up. Right. So that's interesting. I wonder. I would think they would have the system worked out better by that point. Anyway, I don't think the writers suck. I think it's very challenging, particularly on a giant franchise show like this, to figure it out. Um, But it's interesting what contributes to them figuring out or not. And I definitely, I guess I'm going to get to it in this episode, but feeling how they're firing on all cylinders now, I'm definitely increasingly feeling like our old friend Maurice Hurley must have been part of the restraining bolt, if you will, to to, to mix cannon um, that was on the writing staff. What do you think? Stephen Bochco was the Jawa that attached that to him? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Um, All right, next one. Hey, Andy. uh, uh, I wanted to point out that even in the 21st century... Oh, this... I don't know why he's writing this to me, because this is really a response to your commenting on Beverly Crusher in uh, in the episode uh, Taking the Pulse... On uh, someone's hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, using, yeah, yeah. using it. I wanted to point out that even 21st century medicine, we have lots of ways to monitor heartbeat, yet they are not infallible. Many times, cardiac monitors can be fooled by temperature positioning injuries. So we often check pulses the old fashioned way, especially if the monitors are giving extreme readings, like death. Source I'm an ENT and an eternal Beverly Crusher devotee. <laughs> Isaiah Raphael Greenwald. What a weird defense. I love it. Annalise. Uh, Monteroso from Austin. I hope I'm anywhere close there. Um, Andy kept mentioning that the cat was meowing in the fake house even when its mouth was closed. I think it was just that the ghost mom who created the cat didn't know how cats work and just made it meow whenever she thought it was right. Oh, that makes sense. I (laughs) like a good uh, (laughs) ghost cat explanation. I believe I have some at the door. Maybe that should be a, a new... A new segment, Ghost Cat Explanations. <laughs> Maybe that can be in the Pat Patreon page. I really got to train myself to say Pat. Oh, my God. I have a feeling that just, that could only be a guitar. He uh, just walked in with a giant box. Let's see, can he resist opening it? Yes, he can. Good, good for you, Matt. You showed more consideration for your podcast listeners, and you didn't stop to open. I consider all people when doing all things. Zach Freeman writes. Big fan of Zach Freeman. Do you know him? Nope. You guys rock. Now are you? Now I'm a big fan. <laughs> you know what's crazy? At the beginning of, ep- of the episode, communications work different for some reason. Data lets them know that the away team is checking in, but all other times when the away team calls the ship, they just start talking over the speaker. What's up with that? You know what else is crazy? When Troy tells Picard about Jeremy, Picard asked, what about his father? But how come Picard didn't ask if he had a cat? And then when Picard is talking to Jeremy, he says, I understand your father is also dead. He could have then also confirmed that his cat was dead, and then we as the audience would be more appreciative of Jeremy's sadness. And that would have been hilarious if he was answering your father is also dead. Also, I understand that your cat is dead. If <laughs> we take that on. I'm not laughing at myself. I'm laughing at this guy's letter. So fuck you guys. And you know what's awesome? Troy was talking to Worf uh, in the computer core, and I was like, well, that's a random place to talk. That is true. Why did you have that conversation with Worf in the computer core? I said that. He did. I said they wanted to use that set again. Oh. Well, he was... he. uh, Our our friend Zach says, uh, hey, Worf is the chief of security, and he could probably... Probably has to worry about cybersecurity and whatnot. So it was all good. Thanks for your time. 
Oh, he's looking for hackers. That's what you're telling me? Uh, apparently I love so. It. I love it. All right. Then we have this uh, delightful uh, voicemail from our friend uh, Damien in Brisbane, Australia. Oh, I didn't hit play. Sorry. Hi, Matt and Andy. It's Damien from Brisbane. Still loving listening to the podcast. For fuck's sake, so the eggs were bad. Rock is a good cook. Let it the fuck go. Fuck. <laughs> I think we keep coming back to Riker's eggs too much. <laughs> this is all I ever wanted to hear. Um, and then to lead us in to, uh, to this episode, one of Matt's favorites, Booby Trap, which uh, I think confirms the uh, closing song of uh, Andy's theories, which is that I'm very smart. Uh, Daniel Polito says, hey, my Andy. Um, that's our celebrity name, I guess. Celebrity dating name. <laughs> OMG, OMG, OMG. I was reading Memory Alpha to bone up on next week's podcast for Booby Trap, and none other than Michael Pillar confirms Andy's theory. The episode is about Geordie's love of machines. They quote him from Captain's Logs, uh, The Unauthorized Complete Trek Voyages. Have you read that? Uh, is this about Andy in love with his 57 Chevy? This is a weird Geordie. time for this email all right should i read it we're later? not because we're not there we haven't talked about the episode why okay. are you reading an email about an episode right, we're I'll going save to save it you always relax. Andy, you always do relax. emails about the episode we just saw i'm trying you're so crazy right I'm now trying to you get one sty in your eye and you're like a maniac i have a sty guys it's it's disorienting me a little bit but i will say i'm trying to curate our emails so that they have more of a flow and i thought that would lead us into into the episode better but you know what i'll save it <laughs> For next week. Well, okay. I'm about to say the same thing that that guy's writing in about. All right. Well, whatever the case, uh, that's it. If you don't want to hear that one, then that is it. What's his name? Um, let's see. Uh, Daniel Polito. Daniel, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that. By the way, uh, I came in today... And, uh, you know, we recorded two previously, so we haven't seen each other in a bit. And I said to Matt, uh, hey, Matt. And I said in a very sincere mm -hmm. way, it's honestly great to see you. Yep. And yep. what did you say back, Matt? Did I say it's great to be here? <laughs> yep. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you said, you know what, Andy? It's great to be here. <laughs> I got to tell you guys, that's not an equitable return of that, uh, of that wonderful sentiment. It is great to be here. <laughs> well, all right. I'm glad it is great to be here. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Matt. Yes, sir. Do you want to talk about? Well, it's this episode aired. Uh, it's production number one five four. It aired the week of October thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine. Matt, that yes. week, "Listen to Your Heart" by Roxette finally broke through on the U.S. airwaves. <laughs> yeah, you know, it had been struggling over <laughs> sure, there. Now, Roxette had been just just trying to get in. Uh, it had been a lifelong uh, dream of Roxette. <laughs> Figured I'd cut my hair in this little cute blonde pixie cut. Why not? Why aren't I at the top of the charts? And finally she was. Ride on Time by Black Box maintained its popularity in the UK. Love's Executioner by Irvin D. Yalom was a bestseller. And Look Who's Talking still held the box office lead. Guys, Look Who's Talking is a piece of crap. It's a genius concept that was a piece of crap. I'm sorry if people of different ages had different perspectives. I'm telling you as a professional comedy writer, it's an annoying movie. 
Anyway, it was apparently a massive box office hit, so what are you going to do? Huge Dem- success. Demonstrators burned American flags on the steps of the U.S. Capitol building, which would eventually lead the Supreme Court decision protecting flag burning as free speech. United States versus Eichmann. Time Magazine's cover featured an askew townhouse with the caption, San Francisco, dash, October 17th, 1989. Hmm. What is that? What issue was that about? October 17th, 1989, it would be the earthquake. Oh, the earthquake. Oh, so dumb. We talked about it last week. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, San Fran. You're a wonderful town. That's it, Matt. I never drive over the Bay Bridge at the speed limit. I always go a little faster than I should to get over it, just in case. The quake. There was a big quake here last week. Uh, It was pretty far offshore. I felt it while I was driving. I was in a meeting, and the guy... And the meeting was going very well. And then the meeting, the guy stopped the meeting and said, do you want to walk outside? And we went out, leaving all the people in the office around him. Well, or his, you know, his underlings. I got to tell you, that lot has been around a very long time. It wasn't at Sony. Oh. No. And I said to the underlings, would you guys like to go outside too? And they were like, nah, we'll stay in here. It's interesting. Not that interesting, though. Andy, would you say that while you're at that meeting, you listen to your heart? Honestly, man, I think I have a lot of trouble listening to my heart. It's usually cluttered with a lot of rage and eating. Well, you know, you have your heart, and then you have your neuroses. And I feel like you let your neuroses become your heart. I think that's true. Also, I think my heart is desperately trying to deal with all the things I'm putting into my bloodstream in terms of food. Uh, How's that going? Uh, are, okay. you, are you back off the wagon? I'm back off the wagon. Congratulations. You know what, though? I Should've lost... called me yesterday. I would have had a great time with you. Oh, man. I would have loved that. I lost uh, 10 pounds while I was... While you were on the wagon. On the wagon. Great job. Although I can't imagine that what I was doing was healthy. You weren't eating. <laughs> it was essentially... I was doing a form... I'm not advocating this. Andrew Secunda does not advocate this. I was doing a form of intermittent fasting... Where I was eating one meal of day, one meal a day. It was a one healthy meal a day. <laughs> that can't be healthy, right? I mean, just listen to your body, bro. It, if it's know, hungry, feed it. If it's not, don't. Honestly, after a couple of days, it was fine. It was well, weird. of course, it got accustomed to it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Point is, am I wearying you in this episode, Matthew? No, uh, a diet is wearying me. Oh. That was a lot of my therapy today. Was about that very t- topic. Yeah, how you can't keep up with it, or no, just how like I haven't worked. Whatever. This is a Star Trek podcast. We're not even bothering. Oh, Why are we? Yeah, they, Why they are love, we? Even? They love us. It's, it's about against my own uh, my own feelings about us. Uh, they have confirmed, guys. They don't this want is guests. Star Date four three two zero five point six, and it was directed by Gabriel Beaumont. Gabrielle Beaumont is actually how you would probably pronounce this. Uh, teleplay by Ron Roman, Michael Piller, and Richard Danis. Story by Michael Wagner and Ron Roman. I don't know how Michael Wagner got left off the teleplay by while Ron Roman got put on. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, this is Booby Trap. Here is the episode description from Larry Nemechek's Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. The crew see a seldom revealed side of Picard as the captain gleefully leads an away team to explore an ancient Promelian battle cruiser. They find the ship intact with all hands long dead at the site of the battle that annihilated the Promelian race and its enemy, the Menthars. But the mystery behind the ship's fate becomes all too clear when the Enterprise crew memora... Sorry, I'm gonna yawn. Oh boy. 
Uh, somebody send me in a, a Matt's yawning theme. It really sucks. I hate least, it. Least like, Dory and I got into it the other day when we were recording Excellent Adventure, and I was like... I, oh, did she call cannot, you out on it? I, yes, and I was like, I cannot express to you how much I don't want to be yawning. Sure. I wish I had control over it. She thought I was yawning on purpose. I was like, what planet are you on where I would <laughs> yawn on purpose? <laughs> you thought you were yawning sarcastically? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like know. Like clapping anyway, sarcastically? There's no need to even. <laughs> That's amazing. I have the entire argument on tape if anyone ever wants to listen. Do you to ever do anything on that level of sarcasm with her? No. It seems like that would no. be highly What's confrontational. Uh, anyway, but the mystery behind the ship's fate becomes all too clear when the Enterprise crew members realize they are being trapped by the same menthar energy draining device that snared the Promelians. As ship reserves drain away, LaForge comes across original plans for the da- Galaxy-class starship by its designer. He then recreates one of them, Dr. Leah Brahms, as an interactive holodeck character to help him find a way to escape the Menthar's trap. LaForge, who has been a little unfortunate as of late with his dealings with the women, finds himself strangely drawn to Leah. As they fight the clock in search for answers, finally they hit on the idea of using one kick, quick blast to free themselves, then they shut off all the power. Finally, Picard takes the helm himself and deftly slingshots the ship around a last stray asteroid, after which the Enterprise destroys the entire booby trap. What'd you think, Andy? I thought it was delightful. I really enjoyed this episode. Oh, boy. And um, I could not... I I mean, of course, how am I not going to enjoy an episode that basically is telling me I'm a genius the whole time? (laughs) Uh... So here's fun trivia. Originally, Picard was supposed to become involved with Leah Brahms' holodeck character. Picard was? Yeah, but Michael Piller changed it to the more logical choice of Geordi. Oh, that would have been bonkers. It would have said so much about Picard's uh, entire thing. That I mean, it just would have been completely weird. Yeah. First, that he would be involved with a holodeck character like that. Second of all, what is even the reasoning of why he would be involved with Leah Brahms? I don't know, but the writer likened the guy, Jordy, to uh, him to a guy who fumbles around with women but is in love with his 57 Chevy. Yeah, there you go. This was the first TNG episode directed by uh, Gabrielle Beaumont and the first episode ever directed by a woman. I was going to ask. I was hoping that Gabrielle was uh, a lady. Richard Dennis was invited to join the staff as executive story editor after helping out on the rewrite, which foreshadows not only Jordy's second try with Christy in a later episode as well as another appearance by Leah Brahms. Really? She comes back? Oh, that's great. I, 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 part of me is like, I wish I didn't read that. Anyway, oh, to you. I don't want to spoil things to yeah, you. Yeah, maybe you should cut that. Can you cut that out? Oh, there, no one. I, there oh, can't boy. be anyone watching. I'm sorry, guys. There cannot be anyone watching this, or rather listening to this, Some who has not are. seen Some who? people who? They say no spoilers. Oh, fuck. Guys, Seriously, if you're I'm listening to this and you're sorry. worried about a spoiler, I'm sorry. We're going to stop try it. to not do spoilers. Stop it. I apologize. Stop it. I'm a de- spoiler I- alert for a show that has been out. This episode aired nearly 30 years ago. I don't buy that. I'm I spoiler alert. I don't buy the, hey, it's been out for that long argument. Just like, hey, I haven't seen it, so don't say it. So that's my opinion. We're of two minds on this. Well, I was also reading Larry Nemechek fucked it up, really. It really is Larry Nemechek's fault. <laughs> Damn it, Larry. Why would you put that in your book? <laughs> Fair enough. This is what we should be playing in the background of every episode. Oh, this is delightful. Hey, we should do holodeck-themed episodes. <laughs> Hey, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a very long bit. All of their bits are not tight. Their comedic bits take far too long. Jordy. Mm. Oh, by the way, I've never noticed his hand going over her shoulder. <laughs> Until just now. And this is an episode I've seen 900 times. It's been a lovely program. And yeah. I guess I always have been focused on uh, the uh, aggressive violating. Sure. I've never really focused on try, uh, Jordy trying to be smooth. That's the thing to, to follow. Really. I just don't feel that way about you. Knock it off. By the way, that's Julie Warner in that um, in that scene of uh, I believe Doc Hollywood. Am I? Yes, yes isn't Doc, Doc Hollywood, Hollywood for sure. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Saturday Night with Billy Crystal. Yep, <laughs> and uh, Indian Summer, the Puppet Masters. Um. Anyway, whole bunch. Whole bunch. She is a. Very, I'm trying to figure out who is her who is her level right now. Ooh, interesting. She game. was always in. She was always in things. A whole other podcast. And uh, she was the. She was the. So you're looking for a female celebrity who has not quite broken through. Yeah, like a like a like But a, is the go-to. Like a, yeah, just I'm trying to figure out like, you know, it was almost Katherine Heigl was almost that. Right. Um okay, didn't Katherine Heigl sort of super supersede that at some point and then she kind of dropped off? No. Hmm. Interesting. Um oh god, who is her um, modern equivalent? Carla Gugino is probably past it now. Um, much as I love Carla Gugino. Um, yeah, no, but that's sort of, yeah, that's sort of that. Let's see. Anyway, not an important game. I hope you're all playing along at home. That's an incredibly fun game to play. Uh, Jordy is, uh has left the holodeck and Data and Wesley are playing three-dimensional chess. This is chess. the final battle, wasn't it? Neither side expected Aurelius Nine to be the decisive conflict. There's not much left, is there? The destruction is remarkable considering the primitive weapons of the period. It was just Molotov cocktails. Hmm. Uh-oh. And muskets. I beg your pardon, Wesley. Jordy had that big date with Christy tonight. He spent days putting together the perfect program. Looked like it ended kind of early. Uh-oh. Commander Data to the bridge immediately. Acknowledged. I, there's, there, I, I was watching this today thinking it would be very funny if Data would take that super literally, that immediately thing, and like had already programmed some sort of site-to-site transport. <laughs> <laughs> or if he ran at full Android speed sure. through the corridors. <laughs> it is a good question. He you know could I mean? do that. You know what I mean? Just like goes full Android through the halls. You don't see a, a lot of site-to-site transports in crisis moments when maybe you should. Yeah, but I think is that the, a power conservation? Yeah, I think the mm-hmm. reasoning is that it just is so... It takes so much power, Andy. Right. 
Well, you know, I, this is just a delightful episode. Excited to catch up a card is my favorite thing. Mr. Data? Confirm, sir. Survivors on Orleus 9 after all this time? Not possible. Well, hardly possible, number one. Lay in a course for the source of the signal. This, uh, this Brainerd Brain music? Yeah. It's my least favorite Star Trek music. It's very, um, it's very alien. Approaching source. The, the movie Alien. Put it on the bureau. It's kind of like something you would find on a, uh, like, hey, I'm making my my little short film yeah, that's a sci-fi movie. movie. Yeah. Here's some stock sci-fi <laughs> score. Cyclofusion engine still intact. Sensors indicate no life signs aboard, Captain. I should hope not, Mr. Data. That ship belongs in a museum. I'm afraid we're a little late. That call for help was probably initiated over a thousand years ago. <laughs> All right, guys, let's end the cold open, but uh, we'll just blow their minds. You know what I mean? Yeah, let's do it. That's why it took seven people to write this script. <laughs> what if we have one of the characters walk by and do that thing where they go... <laughs> Like that head exploding hand motion. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> it's so oh, dumb. Oh shit! Really? Mm-hmm. That long ago. Bow. Why? Why I started doing that? I have no clue. This is back in the head. All right, here we go. It's the captain's log, everybody. I'm excited. It takes a long, a long time with this episode. You know, this episode does take a long time to get to the captain's log because I'm not scrolling great. Captain's log, stardate 43205.6. We have arrived at Orlias 9 to chart the battle in which the Menthars and Promelians fought to their mutual extinction. Among the ruins, we have found a relic, a Promelian battlecruiser that has withstood the centuries. Indulge me, number one. I would prefer it if Lieutenant Worf and I were able to run a dirty sweep of the ship first. Uh, I think it's weird the Enterprise is like on this mission to go As catalog, to more like in, to go more, catalog more. the battle that ended a thousand years ago. Or do you think it was like a Picard was like, uh, oh, our mission takes us over by Aurelius Nine? Hmm. Like he was already. We have a couple days. He was already peaked. Laying a course to blah 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 before they even found yeah. evidence of it. Sure. Yeah, I, I think he probably that. just wanted to go visit it, right? Yeah, it's not like the Enter- not like Starfleet was dis- dispatching the Enterprise to catalog <laughs> this last battle. No, as a matter of fact, I'm going to sound this for that. That's standard defense. <laughs> Sweet, that's a good justification. We have examined every conceivable risk. The risks on a ship this old and fragile are inconceivable, Captain. Lovers quarrel, guys. Number one, have you, have you never dreamed of climbing inside the bottle? Sir? The ship in the bottle. Model airships. I used to build them when I was a child. My God, I bet I had a chameleon battle cruiser too. 
You ready to beam down to the vessel? Locked onto the main bridge, Captain. You're certain about the atmospheric conditions data? There is adequate oxygen for life support, Commander. It is exactly as they left it, number one. In the... Okay, why don't we just send data down first to double check? It's always <laughs> crazy to me when they don't send data down first. If it's a dangerous situation. Ship in the bow. Oh, good lord. Didn't anybody here build ships in bottles when they were boys? I did not play with toys. I was never a boy. This is good. I did, sir. Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. <laughs> what a suck up. Proceed. You know what's really cute is the... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Play that. Oh, yeah. I did. <laughs> I really did. Ships and bottles. It's great fun. I really enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy every every character beat in that, and that's very um, atypically really well done comedy. And I think it's because they're locking into the characters. Like, they know, as in a sitcom, <laughs> Worf wouldn't play with toys. It's funny that Data's like, I can't help you. I was never yeah. a boy. And it's funny that O'Brien's just like, yeah, I loved him. <laughs> and then, uh, and that uh, Riker is then like, bro, back me up. What are you doing? <laughs> Brown noser. <laughs> it's great. Admirable. They died at their posts. Sounds like a terrible way to die. At work. Ugh. One of them had to die in the toilet, right? <laughs> uh, so Jordy goes to Guinan asking for some advice on ladies. I would have been getting yes, I can tell a giant a woman. meatball hero from like a replicator want, when I died. You mean personally? As a woman, what's the first thing you look at? His head. His mind, of course. No. His head. I'm attracted to bald men. Seriously? Seriously. Why? Maybe because a bald man was kind to me once. When I was hurting. Now, is this about Picard? Um, Or is this about someone else? I think it's deliberately vague. Uh Uh-huh. I gotta say, uh, someone out there, I'm sure this is collected somewhere, but maybe you can just point a store to Link. I would I would love to see a collection of all the Guinan information, and if it adds up, and if it, it was, you know, used in... This is one of those questions you keep asking, you, that I'm supposed to tell you not to ask. Right? Right. This is one of your... I'm not asking you. This is one you. of your, do they pay this off questions. I'm not asking you anymore. Well, I think I'm just saying... Andy, there's... I, five more seasons of the show i like the There's four more seasons of the show and i would like to and know. she's in one of the two of the movies like uh-huh. it's like she has we have time to see what her character i'm just all saying about. i would like but to see she's the very information collected the Elorians are a mysterious race is that why it's one of their defense mechanisms <laughs> care of myself these days i mean take care of somebody we defend ourselves by having people go hey what's up with I, those people i can field strip a fusion reactor I can realign a power transfer tunnel. Why can't I make anything work with a woman? I like can Christ? jerk off it's on like, a warp core. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. You're doing fine with me. You're different. No, you're different. But I'm not trying now. That's my point. 
Oh shit! Bartender un- wisdom. It's a little insulting to Guinan, isn't it? She's like, yeah, of course. I'm utterly unattracted to you. Why wouldn't I be comfortable here? Well, he sees her more matronly, right? As does everybody. Yeah, Guy's well, seven hundred years old, you know. Yeah, but she's she reads like a you know an, a woman of a yeah, of the same age true. ballpark. Yeah, she's a regular Maz Tanaka. Yeah, what's her name? Maz. What? What Jabroni? is Maz, Maz. Maz Jabroni is a comedian. Who's Maz Tanaka? What is the What is the name of the weird, <laughs> the weird bartender alien in Force Awakens? Oh. Oh that oh yes 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 that woman yeah I don't I'm I'm not up on the Force Awakens uh um Andy's ignoring canon whatever I don't cool. care Star Wars I care about the, the the 4 to 6 everything else is yeah right fine I'll watch it Captain I believe this is an information storage device a crude analog of our own isolinear optical chip crude by our standards today data when this ship was built, humans on Earth were just perfecting the mechanical clock, still using steel crossbows in battle. Is there any way to see what's on this? Questionable, sir. I believe I can supply power to its playback unit, but its components are quite old. I will attempt to amplify the image with my tricorder. What do you think, Andy? What do you think about the sci-fi conceit of aliens that have advanced far beyond humans and have destroyed themselves? I feel like we've seen it a lot. <laughs> I am beginning to well, wonder. That's why I describe it as a sci-fi conceit. Yeah. Well, also, like, it was in last week's episode. It's very strange. that they And it's like the, the trap, the, oh, we've activated a trap. We've, d- we've easily done that at least twice. But we also just did that yes, last week. Right. It's very strange. That is weird because that is a general. That's a that's a standard thing that you would you would lay the stories out on a board and go. Oh no, that's too similar to this one. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Although I like the, I like the quality of that they have to you know put together this old. um, Yeah, like watching a VHS tape in a hundred years. Data log, data log. I think we have seen all there is to see here, at Mister O'Brien's leisure. We're ready to return. Leisure. Bye, All right, Captain. I am uh, having a little bit of lunch right now in 10 forward. So, uh, <laughs> well, like 45, to soon. 45 to an hour, Does whatever. reasonable? I did say to you at your leisure. <laughs> <laughs> That's on me. Thrilling. That was absolutely thrilling. And I was right, number one. There were ghosts on board that old ship. One of them actually spoke to us. A friendly one, I hope. My own counterpart. The captain's final message. 
praising his crew. I hope you'll be as thoughtful when the time comes. Mm. Mr. Date, advise the Astral 5 Annex. This should be catalogued, scheduled for retrieval. Aye, sir. Scheduled. I'm sorry, Captain. It's just a rare pleasure to see this side of your personality. Mr. Crusher, set that seems intrusive. Coordinates. Yes, sir. Captain, we are experiencing a 2% drop in energy reserves. Compensating. We were having some problems while... Readouts indicate we are being bombarded with a field of high-intensity radiation. Oh, no. Captain, energy loss increasing to 5%. Yellow alert. Aye, sir. This is very 80s thriller music. Energy loss increasing, sir. I wonder if they switched up who is doing the scores. Reverse course, full impulse power. No response, sir. Oh, boy. I really hope they can get out of this, Andy. Me too, Matt. They're in the, They're trapped in the, in the boobies. The boobies. <laughs> the boobies have them. Hell. Power loss now at 12%, Captain. Red alert. Radiation intensity increasing. We'd better slow these engines down before we burn out the reaction chamber. Slow to idle, Jordy. Is it possible? We fall into the same snare that killed them. Thousand-year-old booby trap. Oh boy, that's where they got the title of the episode, Matt. Well, I don't follow. He he said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, he he uh-huh. said, we've fallen in the same uh-huh. snare. Yeah, a thousand-year-old uh, booby trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does that have to do with the name of the episode? Well, the name of the episode is booby trap. Right, but what does that have to do with that line of dialogue? Okay, well, let me get start again. <laughs> Davis techie elusive maneuver, as well as the passive lure stratagem, which is comparable to Napoleon's... Any mention of a situation like this? Asshole. No, sir. I recommend that I return to the cruiser with an away team. They didn't have much success with this problem, Commander. No, but they knew who their enemy was better than we do. They may have known what caused the trouble, they just didn't know how to get out of it. Agreed. Mr. Wolf, what would be the impact of lowering the shields long enough to get the away team out? Negligible. Won't do much for our energy conservation, Captain. George, up Commander LaForge. Determine some way to keep the Enterprise up and running. Data, you join Commander Riker on the away team. Find out what happened on that ship. All right, they're on their way. Andy, your you question, comment, concern? No, I was just trying to see where we were. For my notes. Do you have a note? Do you, would, you like to, would you like to give me some notes? Um. <laughs> uh-huh. Trying to, well trying then, what? To, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what my note means. Well, here's uh, here's Crusher being a bad doctor. Okay. Oh, hang on, just one second. Let Jordy do this. I recommend we evacuate and seal off all non-operational areas and group the families and crew on the odd-numbered decks. Proceed. I'd also like to set up an assembly area for treating radiation symptoms in case it's needed. That's what the book said I should do. Um, also, wh- what are the odd numbers? <laughs> Why uh, the odd numbers? No, I, here's my question. There must be some safety reason. Well, if you're looking to limit power to which decks are getting life support, why not pull everybody Under. to, like, two decks? Right. Or let them chill in the holodeck, make a nice outsidey scene. I guess that would spend more. Yeah, you'd also, like, you couldn't shove a thousand people in the holodeck. You'd right. all be crammed up against each other. Can you imagine all the people whose holodeck times were screwed with 
during this? There must be a well, lot of... Well, what about the people that were screwed by uh, Jordy designing a program for three days? Like, spending three days in a holodeck trying that to come up true. with what the violinist I'm fixing do? something. That's the reason I'm in there. After the shields fall, how long before... I'm repairing the power conduits. 30 minutes. After that, there is nothing that can be done. Away team to Enterprise. Captain, we may have found something. There's a file of memory coils here. They are identical to the coil we found earlier, Captain. Captain's log, perhaps. That's what we were thinking. It was me. My apologies. Data, are they in working condition? I believe so, sir. We can enhance them through the image processor in the ship's computer. All right. So they find these old messages. It essentially lets them know they're, they're stuck. Every time they put up more power, more radiation, mm-hmm. it, it comes in. So Jordy decides that he needs to talk to someone who designed it. So he... Ca- he f- figures out that Leah Brahms uh, is the person he should be talking to and he uh, has this fun simulation here. Reorient the crystal. The key lies in adjusting the lattice structure direction. This modification will be integrated into the next class starship. Sorry, can't wait. You and me, Leah, we got just two hours to figure this thing out. (sighs) You know what I need to do? I need to get inside there. I need to be able to turn that thing inside out. Computer, is there a cross-section image we can replicate on a holodeck? Select menu, design specifications, or prototype schematic. Prototype, elaborate. (laughs) It's the thing you make before developing the main thing. (laughs) Development stage prototype schematic at Utopia Planitia. Drafting room five of the Mars station. Now... I love that they he goes to the Utopia Planitia and we see the Enterprise in dry dock before the hull is complete. Oh, of course you would. That's like it's the best thing that's ever happened on Star Trek. Sure. Look, someone's in there welding. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Right back where it all started. Did you see that? Did you see that when you were first watching it? That someone was in there welding? No, I didn't. Let me see. If you watch the uh, watch the crew quarter right here. Uh huh. Is it just a little spark? Yeah. Oh, he stopped, but it was there. Andy, trust me, it was there. I don't believe you. Well, I'm going to play it back so Andy can see that they went to the trouble. Guys, it's not there. He's lying. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) That's pretty awesome. They'll think I'm lying. That's an awesome detail. I like the ship models that are around. I like that there's an Enterprise uh, Constitution class refit model with the warp nacelles on the wrong way. We'll see that in a little this bit later. Is incredible. Leah, did you design this? The dilithium crystal chamber was designed at outpost designated Saran T1, stardate 40052. Some of the Federation's best engineering minds participated in its development. Oh, that's the visiting dignitary talk. What's the inside story? Off the record. Access denied. Personal logs are restricted. Great. Another woman who won't get personal with me on the holodeck. Whoa. I mean, whoa. Jordy. Jordy. You, they don't owe you anything in that holodeck. <laughs> cool it. <sighs> Leah, I want to find a way to supplement the energy supply to the ship and to the engines. Could we alter the matter-antimatter paths? Theoretically, yes. The system should be able to accept more reactants at a faster rate of injection. 
Now this is your baby. Show me which ones. <laughs> the music is odd in this episode, or very, very, very dated. I would say. I think they got more synthy. Yes. I think they made a decision budgetarily that they were going to use a, a few less real instruments. ...to an equal factor. Then if we use multiple injector streams hitting more than one crystal facet, we could do it. We could hold our own. Leah, you're beautiful. LaForge to Picard. Go ahead. Captain, we found a way to extend the matter-antimatter energy supplies. Well done, Mr. LaForge. Jordy, can you give us enough power to get us out of here? Sorry, Commander, we haven't addressed that one yet. First priority was to maintain the shields. Acknowledged. We'll get to work on it right away, sir. Pass my congratulations to the rest of your team. Thanks, Captain. By the way, why is Jordy not in there with five other engineers? <laughs> That's a really like, good point. It's crazy. The ship's in crisis <laughs> Don't cloud his thinking. He's like, hey, you this guys guy gets do it. your thing. I'll be in the holodeck. That is fascinating. We're all smiles down here. Captain. <laughs> he's, he's pretending he's in there with someone. Well, really, honestly, the answer to your question is because Jordy doesn't want anyone else involved. Oh, 100%. With dealing with the engines by himself. Reactants per unit. You're just interfering in my thinking. Yes. All right. I got to be in there myself, naked. <laughs> Computer, do you have any, you know, personality? On file for Dr. Brahms. Starfleet personality profile analysis. Stardate 40056. Did she ever debate at the intergalactic caucuses on Chaya 7? Dr. Brahms. <laughs> I think we all remember those. On the following star dates. Never mind the dates. Computer, if you add data from all these sources, could you synthesize a true representation of Dr. Brahms? There would be a 9.37% margin of error in the interactive responses from the facsimile. That is an amazingly good (laughs) amount of accuracy for a a holodeck holodeck creation. I think think if they just pulled every podcast I've ever been on, they could pretty much create me in a holodeck. I feel like if that's true, then computers probably could solve a lot of the problems that the the humans and aliens solve on the show. If it's really, if there's that much theorizing to solve a problem mm-hmm. that the artificial intelligence in the computers are, are able to do I feel like probably humans would be a lot more obsolete than this show indicates well doesn't account for the human element as, as Jordy says later mm-hmm. this is the music we should play whenever Andy gets a personality. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, Andy. (laughs) Hello, Matt. Oh, no. (laughs) It's reversed. It's me, Leah. Don't start calling me Dr. Brahms or I'll call you Commander LaForge. Right. (laughs) Now, we've managed to maintain energy, but we can't leave it in this realarming forever without burning out components, so we need to move quickly. Hey, she's only 56 now. She auditioned for 7 of 9 and Janeway. I just saw that. That's crazy. I actually, I mean, I, I think that, um, um, oh man, Janeway. Cat, uh, uh, oh my God, Catherine Janeway, I just called her. Kate Mulgrew. Kate Mulgrew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Kate Cheers, Mulgrew. Cheers, uh, three-parter. Was amazing. I would say that I was not a fan of Kate Mulgrew. I was like, uh, I don't want to watch Kate Mulgrew. 
Kate Mulgrew, I loved her by the end. That's just a masterful performance. Um, but uh, I think this lady would have been great as uh, Catherine Janeway, and they didn't hire her because they thought she was too young. Well, she was too young. How old was she? She was born in if 61. She's 56 now. She would have been 28 when she did this. And when Voyager came out, she would have been 31. That's too young? I think so. To be a captain? To be a captain. What if she was a wonderkind? Ooh, uh, that's a fun angle. A yeah. wunderkind? A young woman? A wunderkind? A young woman I like couldn't a be a captain, Matt? Is that what you're saying? Well, listen, I think that it's ridiculous that uh, the 2009 J.J. Kirk <laughs> is Instead a captain of, out of the fucking academy. Instead of a lady? No, no, what I'm saying is, like, I think there should be some some distance between youth and captaincy. Oh, I see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's fair. Also, girls shouldn't be captains. <laughs> I thought that might I have mean, been the come subject. on, Andy. Uh, no, I, honestly, I, I have said this before. I'll say it again. I think all around best all-around captain is Janeway. I agree. As with far you. as decision-making process yeah. and uh, keeping your crew alive in a Delta Quadrant. Smarts. Are you with Badassery. Uh, yeah. Love of yeah. coffee. Yeah. Sure. Uh, strong distaste for Q. <laughs> I share. Did the calculations myself. I don't care if you built it with your bare hands out of an old Ferengi cargo ship. It's going to go. And we're going to go with it. I am not used to having people question my judgment. And I'm not used to dying. You can feel the sparks, guys. Okay, look. <laughs> you work in okay, look. a static model. This is a working machine. It's got tens of thousands of light years on it. It'd be kind of funny if if uh, the holodeck oh, Leah Brahms stormed off because she was so pissed off. And, and then disappeared. And then, and then Jordy had to keep rebooting the program and trying to get through the, the mm, argument so, with her in order to, that's to funny. save the Enterprise. Uh... <laughs> Simulation failed. <laughs> we never be certain that the circuit paths are sealed. Of course. Unless we got seal to do it. Computer, create <laughs> seal. <laughs> seal. <laughs> of course. 20th century singer, seal. Can you give seal some personality? <laughs> Would you like pre-Heidi Klum, post-Heidi Klum, or during Heidi Klum seal? Any. All. You're good. Very good. I know my ship. Inside and out. Mm. Oh, let it roll. Oh. Well, then you must know me, inside and out. <laughs> that, There's a lot of me's in here. That is the moment when I was like, oh, man. I'm so smart. As a matter of fact, you know what? Hey, just to let everybody know, in case there are people who are just tuning in now, and you know, you didn't miss anything. Um, <laughs> I had a, uh, I had a theory, one of Andy's theories, a long time ago, that Jordy, uh, our favorite, one of our favorite characters, is a mechaphile. He has a sexual attraction to to um, machines of all types, mm-hmm. and uh, and it really is, uh, really has paid off in this episode. That's why I'm going to play this. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. I did it. (laughs) Andy got a theory right. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's coins coming out of the slot machine. Way to go, Andy. You did it. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that the ship is in a alert when I'm right. That's how unlikely it is. That's what's wrong with designers. We never get out in space. Or know how to deal with humans. You're there now. Oh, I am. Commander LaForge to the bridge. Not right now, Commander. I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> oh, right. Oh. We're going to die. Commander. <laughs> Don't go away. I mean, uh, uh, you're fake, so. I would love this little placard right here. Yeah. Like, why an Etsy store doesn't make Galaxy-class Starship uh, development team? Like, why nice. they don't make these, uh, or rather, development project signs? You know, if, you're, if, I, if I go to the convention and they're not telling those signs, All right, Matt. All right. I don't understand. Uh, take it down. I'm right. buying a booth. All right, Matt. Matt's Star Trek stuff. <laughs> that would be very, do very well. So the possibility that the phasers will supply the assimilators with what they need most energy that's not even a possibility like from the word go of course that's what's going to happen right you know i imagine a very similar discussion taking place in our neighborship over a thousand years ago well, let's hope our decisions are more successful than theirs were mr laforge i want you to return to engineering and continue with your efforts without delay mr wolf prepare the phases phases locked on court. is this the scene mm. there's there's a scene where Jordy basically all the the ship's power is dwindling. Yeah, and Jordy asks for the holodeck power back. Yes, for the holodeck. Uh, it power comes back. later. It comes later. Okay. Which uh, is a very I love that scene. Hilarious. Yeah, but how do we reconfigure? Energy reserves reaching critical stage. Standard procedure requires termination of all simulations. Computer override standard procedure. Override authority restricted. The, but I'm not the, finished the yet. Way he, the way he gets so mad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, like, overly mad in a way that is very funny to me because he's the chief engineer of the starship. Like, sure. A, the fact that he can't override standard power procedures is insane. But B, the fact that he thinks he won't be able to get it turned back on somehow is crazy. Like, his reaction here is way over the top. Because he's emotionally engaged. He's in oh, the flow. Sure. It's computer like, <laughs> I mean I, I hate to, I feel like I'm being very crass in this episode and I apologize to the people that I'm offending who are you offending I'm enjoying this episode alright I feel like it would be oh as uh, though this, you were talking about Jordy sexing up the machines yeah you were in the midst of pleasuring yourself and your porn went down it feels like that it's like oh I was so alright uh, I'll fix this I gotta reboot what do I gotta do here It'd be even worse if you had to actually go to someone else and go, "Hey, can I get a little power to uh, just? I just had a few things I was working on, just needed to finish. I need power to the internet, Captain. <laughs> what for? I was working on some stuff for us. Not that I've ever pleasured myself, because uh, that's not something a gentleman does. Of course, have we shut down all non-essential I, energy? You, use? you, you, you have misunderstood a gentleman. <laughs> Is that not? Do gentlemen do that? Have I been yes, holding back for no reason? Yep. I'm running a program on Holodeck 3. For what purpose? Funsies. I mean, uh, helping you. I've gone back to the beginning, to the earliest construction entries of the Enterprise. I've created a, well, a propulsion design model to assist me. I believe we're making progress. Computer, reinstate Holodeck 3 model. program. Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. 
How hot do you want her? What's that? Suggestion in one hour. Got out. Yay! Whee! <laughs> you should like knock people over as he's heading to the hallway. <laughs> just like uh, out of my way. <laughs> just like when Data uh, immediately went to the bridge. <laughs> A computer is site to site transport. I would have been able to run down there. <laughs> Enter when ready. Enter when ready, guys. Somehow we have to generate enough energy to get out of here. But we've got a booby trap that eats energy for breakfast. How do we fool it, block it, shut it down, anything? Trick it into thinking it's dinner time. <laughs> it doesn't want energy for dinner. <laughs> the ship is like Wait, confused. The holodeck program's confused. What if we create a holographic image of a giant bowl of Cheerios and we tell it that that's what it wants instead? Okay. We know that for every move the Enterprise makes, there's a counter movement by the energy field. Can we use that to our advantage somehow? Maybe. There must be a time differential between the force and counterforce. If we can just make quick continuing adjustments in the link-ups before the counterforce reacts, we might just be able to move this bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Bucket. That's it. Yeah. Do you like Italian food? Oh, boy. He's lost his mind. <laughs> He's really lost his mind. This situation is crazy to me. It's definitely... Wait till I make you my Fungini. <laughs> Except okay. I'm fake. Fusion reactor uplink to navigation processor. Captain, I believe I figured out a way to get Italian food in the holodeck. Follow me. <laughs> Who's say, say you like oh, say you like it. Ask if it likes Italian. Uh, Captain, do you? Who am I? Who am I being? Your Picard asking. <laughs> just ask if it likes Italian. <laughs> Not following the bit. <laughs> the bit is instead of replicating food, he creates this holodeck program to get Fungili. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's confused. Sorry. I don't understand comedy, guys. I'm sorry. Get me one of these other swarm guys. <laughs> the swarm for Saturday of the month at Upright Citizens Brigade. What time is it? Coming up on 1600 hours. God, what am I supposed to tell the captain? It's possible, and yet it's not possible. Huh. Everything we've done says we can't adjust that fast, but if we could, it might work. I could do it. <sighs> Data couldn't even do it. It'll take a hundred, maybe a thousand adjustments every second. How are you going to do it? It's Data could do it. Humanly impossible. I'm not human. Remember, idiot? I'm uh, a fictional creature. All right, everybody go to uh, 1142 remaining on your Netflix and see the model of the Enterprise. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what the model is. I know it's a, it's a ba- I think it's a bash kit. Uh, if you know more about model making than I do, please let me know. Uh, but is it's it essentially... When you take different pieces. Yeah, different. and put them together. Uh, it's essentially the Enterprise A, but with the warp nacelles going sideways and some slits in the, uh, in the saucer section. I gotta say, I kind of like the look of that one. Well, sure. You, uh... You mean the computer could do it? Oh, that's right. You're you're the computer. Ah, Captain. Here. Oh, uh, oh, you, hi, wanna, you like Captain. Italian food, right, Captain? Watch this. <laughs> this is a holographic simulation of one of the propulsion experts who designed the Enterprise engines, Leah Brahms. I love that he's Where? like, what the fuck <laughs> are you doing so here? I've been examining the force counterforce response times. <laughs> trying to see if we could create linkage at maximum power. And? There's a... Uh, there's a chance we could maneuver out of this trap. 
and into her heart. I mean, uh, <laughs> just eat this one, Jilly. Look. What kind of a chance? I don't know yet. We could program it, try it out on a few simulated runs. And this is the only way. I've got the simulated runs from this Fungili. He's still, uh, he's still totally weird just like now. so like, <laughs> I'm going to go back to die while my chief engineer is in here with a fake lady. Uh, whatever you're doing in here, just try to make us live. Is that possible? I like it if maybe after he left and uh, Leah Brown's is just like, I don't like how you talked about me like I was <laughs> a computer hologram. You know, I Quick feel like we've passed that point. Computers have always impressed me with their ability to take orders. I'm not nearly as convinced of their ability to creatively give them. You know, number one, you miss something not playing with model ships. They were the source of imaginary voyages, each holding a treasure of adventures. Manning the earliest spacecraft, flying an aeroplane with only one propeller to keep you in the sky. Can you imagine that? No. I don't have an imagination. (laughs) Poor Riker. (laughs) Beep, 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 beep. Fatal exposure. (laughs) And simulation. She walked out. Reduce thrust levels another 4%. We got in another argument. Adjust trajectory angle to compensate. Well, they figure they should go through it the other way. Hard to turn the ship over to a computer. That's all we've got. Regard to LaForge. Captain, two minutes. Give me just two minutes. There is another way, Captain. Two minutes, please. All right. Just let me hang on to my minutes, internet for just Forge. another two minutes. Got out. Jordy, there's no other way. No, 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 wait. Listen. Turn it completely around. Literally, come at it from the opposite direction. God, it's so simple, it might even work. Okay. Computer new simulation. Everything we've tried to do has been based on overpowering the trap. More energy, faster adjustments. But that's exactly what we can do because that's what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm following. The answer lies in our own computer. The mind. The best piece of engineering we'll ever need. Why wouldn't you just say uh, us and our minds? Why did you have to call it our own computer? (laughs) (laughs) Our own beautiful computer. A thousand adjustments per second will be required. But not if we shut everything off. One blast of everything we've got left for a microsecond to beat the inertia, and then we shut it all down, except for minimal life support and two thrusters. No impulse engines, no computer. Left seas and right seas. One propeller, Captain. Deflector shield failure. Lethal radiation levels. Fatal exposure in 12 minutes. Oopsie. Have you analyzed the risk factor? The numbers say it's even money. It's no better than turning it over to the computer, but no worse either. All right, 50 Quatlus on the computer. <laughs> I love Quatlus. Sure. <laughs> Did anybody ever make an actual Quatlu? Do, do, ha- do they have those? That's in Gamesters of Triskillian, right? Yeah, I don't know if anyone has made Quatlus. But again, uh, stuff Matt will sell at a Star Trek convention. I would buy that. Buy myself some Quatlus. Make it so. I've run the simulations, Captain. If you want, I'll take the con. Thank you, Mr. LaForge. But you've done your job. Now I must do mine. I relieve you, Mr. Crusher. Yes, sir. So when do we talk out to Picard? 
that that seat actually doesn't do any driving. This is Commander Riker. We are about to engage impulse engines for a short burst. Inertia dampeners are on manual. They may not fully compensate for the acceleration. So brace yourself. I believe that Frakes just said inertia dampeners mm-hmm. and not inertial. Uh, anyway. You better have a talk with him about that. Lethal radiation levels. Computer. Discontinue radiation warning until further notice. And recreate Touchy. Minuet in Holodeck 3. <laughs> Captain, we don't I'll be power. downstairs. Captain, I'm working on my own simulation. <laughs> I need you to uh, power up Holodeck 3. Um, there was a thing that I read that uh, Patrick Stewart, in this moment, when he takes the helm, he was uh, calling back to something that um, Brent Spiner did in the pilot where he kind of clicked his his fingers to like he was warming up for a piano before he sat down at the uh, at the helm, oh. which I thought was a really nice little homage. Bye, impulse engines. Um, all right, we got to have a talk with the crew. Everyone's lights are on. <laughs> we're at minimal <laughs> Guys, power. We're, we're at minimal power. Impulse engines are down. Shutting down all systems. Oh no! I meant microsecond, not forty seconds. Velocity is one hundred thirty-five meters per second. Captain, this is beeping. I don't understand. The debris field in eight seconds. A steady eye and a steady hand. It's pretty great. Seeing, seeing Picard. Starboard thruster firing. He started as a as a helmsman, right? Or no? Uh, Jean-Luc Picard? Yeah. I don't know. Oh. Somebody tell us. Thruster is off. I like that we see the controls. That's cool. Captain, that large mass to the fort. Make container an assimilator. Port thruster is firing. What's an assimilator? Whee! It's the thing. It's one of the devices that puts out radiation, takes in power, puts out radiation. Yeah, the thing they're trying to escape. Oh, I see. Andy? (laughs) I wasn't following. Made it over the first hurdle. Next hurdle. Sir, object to port. Sir, more beeping. Port thruster is firing. Sir, the gravitational attraction of the various masses has reduced our velocity by 8%. By my calculations, we no longer have sufficient momentum to clear the debris field. Thank you, Mr. Data. The asteroid's gravitation... Data's really kind of like, why won't this fucking idiot listen to me? I said it. It's not on me if we all die. This is pretty great. Also that... That Patrick Stewart makes the choice to like cools a cucumber, focused. Now at 219 meters per second. (laughs) Could you imagine this if he was super sweaty, (laughs) just just drip pouring sweat, just pouring sweat, and like, what was I doing? This was a terrible idea for me to do this. You can't get water on that console. (laughs) But I need my drink. I need my tea. Starboard aft thruster. That's my favorite thruster. The starboard aft thruster. Whoa. And the Enterprise whips around. You have used the asteroid's gravitational pull as a slingshot. Excellent. They're like, excellent. 
round. We got through. Great. I'll be on holodeck three. Jordy, <laughs> what? Yes, sir. Initiate full restart. It literally is where he goes, by the way. With pleasure, sir. Number one. Make sure that booby trap doesn't bother anyone again. They should put up beacons. Like... You know, remember that warning beacon they put up on that diseased planet? Yeah. They should do the same thing here, not destroy this very rare old ship. Yeah, I can see it either way, but I definitely agree with you that if there was that much archaeological... Also, by the also, way... couldn't they just defuse by it destroying, By destroying that ship, they don't destroy the booby trap. They just destroyed the ship. Oh. Yeah, then it's like even they more destroyed dangerous. the one valuable thing. Yeah, in there. where the booby traps were in the they're in the asteroids, I yeah, believe. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Wow. Even gave me my vision. But sometimes you just have to turn it all off. Even the gypsy violins. Violins. Different program. This holodeck has a great sense of humor. We made a good team. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can do it again sometime. <gasps> I'm with you every day, Jordy. Every time you look at this engine, you're looking at me. Oh, my God. Every time you touch it, it's me. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. Jordy's finally getting his dream. He's kissing a force field and photons. He's going to get it on with the ship. Computer. Sexify program. Seal comes out and starts singing. I really thought it was leaning into it, but then it was going to be like, oh, well, at the end, then they won't lean into it anymore. And they just, they went all the way with this thing. Sure, sure. He but, is, you know, Jordy's not the first uh, crew member to fall in love with get a holodeck. sexy with a holiday. Yeah, but this is the ship. It's basically the ship. He's having sex right. with the ship. It's Dr. Brahms. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, oh, my God. I'm a genius. So, Andy. Yes. That's it. Do you have any questions, comments, or concerns about booby trap? Um... Do I have any comments? No. Uh, I was just looking at the script. I think it's interesting that they sort of describe because I was like, see, it's interesting. He has a really, it's like says that Picard is impassive. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just think it's really well written. It sort of sets it up. It has like, as Picard's working, everyone's watching the view screen. Jordy and Worf exchange a look. I hope he knows what he's doing. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, anyway, no, I really enjoyed this episode. Um, beyond my own selfish uh, need to be affirmed um, and uh, and uh, the only thing, the only thing that kind of bugged me is the uh, is the repetition of plot that seems to keep happening meaning the old civilization old that civilization. has destroyed themselves yeah that that sets a trap sure uh, I yeah, I, love, I, I have great feelings about this episode. Um, so, Andy, yes, I suppose we should uh, issue some awards, like an MVC. Very good. Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data, Riker? 
control your doctor, brush your gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. So, season three, are we leaving? That yes, one? I love it. We're it leaving season it. Season three, okay. Uh, NBC on this, very clear to me that it's uh, Georgie LaForgie. Georgie LaForgie pudding and pie. Um, yeah, I guess uh, Picard obviously helms at the end, but uh, that's just a that's just a mechanical ability. Yeah, it's got to be Geordi, right? There's nobody else who does anything. Uh, I mean, Picard pilots the ship. That's what I was just saying. But you're saying, saying nobody else does anything. Yeah, I was saying that Picard just is sort of that's a mechanical ability. That right. Uh, you know, yes, he makes a great decision with the asteroid, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I would say Jordy. Jordy hmm. all around. Guys, I'm very excited to hand that award to Jordy LaForge. Even with his 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 fixation and being obsessed with the with the computer lady, the the the, the ship lady, he still managed to save the ship. <laughs> we sit and watch and then we hang and talk, but the podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andy's does this episode get? All right, Matt. Yes, sir. What are you giving it? Uh, This is a great episode. I'm a big fan of this episode. This episode from Matt Myra receives eight and a half Andes. Eight and a half. With that, I would like to, I know that uh, you don't. You like to not allow half points? Is that what you're saying? I know you don't like these. um, Let me just find this. Where is this? Oh, no. I don't know what it is. I don't like so many things right now that Andy could no, be getting. Oh, going to anything, and I and I don't know. I know, I know. Oh I know. boy, what could it be, guys? Could it be um, episodes that feature aliens inhabiting the bodies of crew members? That's one thing I don't enjoy. Let's see. Could it be um, holodeck malfunction episodes? Those are also things I don't enjoy. Could it be uh, episodes where Andy uh, doesn't pay attention? This is uh, this is some really high class. What vamping. is happening? Um, I'm vamping, but I've I I'm run out of vamping. I know you really do a good job, though. I do have to give you credit for it. Um, let me find it. Jesus Christ! <sighs> was I wrong about something? No, you weren't. Uh, was it? I did uh, know. Oh, here it is. Okay, I'm trying to help you find the thing. No, I know. Um, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> Us. This is so oh, here it is. Okay, it's from Brad Arrington, who does our rankings. Yes, Brad. Um, very nice, nice charts. Um, and he wrote uh, us at sttncpod at gmail dot com mm-hmm. about season three, episode six, booby trap ranking. Hi, Andy. Back in season one, when you were worried that TNG would never improve, Matt assured you it would get better. He declared. Uh, that there's there are certainly good episodes, uh, including Booby Trap. Yeah, he gave it ten Andes. Oh, I did. I gave it ten Andes back then. Which if I which I dutifully recorded in my tracking boy, sheet. Oh, boy, oh boy, eagerly awaiting next week's show to see if Matt still rates it a ten. It would oh, be the boy. first time. Oh boy, it's you know it's true. It is true. I did say that. I I, I wholeheartedly agree with my previous self. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's thinking it. Look at how he, guys. If you could see his face right now, no, I'm really, I'm really. It's pro- the same to level of focus everything. of Picard at the helm, trying to save the ship. Well, I'm really I'm looking. looking at I'm right looking now. at everything that we have in front of us and behind us. Yeah, I don't have that 
that liberty, obviously. He is thinking it hard. You know what? It's not. It's a nine. It's a nine. It's a nine. It's a nine. Okay. It's he took. He went up a point, Brad. So. Half a point. I went up a half a point. Oh wait. I went eight and a half to nine. Oh, eight and a half to nine. There you go. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to update your rankings. Um, I, I really, I obviously love the uh they're really de- digging into you just like being right just i love being right there's very few things i enjoy as much as being right if i had to choose between really great food or being right i'd probably choose food but uh but it'd be a real close what if you're right about great food oh man that's why that's why i enjoy it the most if i pick a restaurant and i've done a lot of research and then i find it and it's amazing they get both anyway um uh i enjoy that i enjoy the the Jordy, um thing you know and and the and the bill i enjoy the lay brahms character and enjoy a lot of the moments in the show and i and i think it's very cohesive as a story but i will say it doesn't knock me knock it knock me over right this episode yeah this is very much my wheelhouse of like ship schematics right uh warp engines things like that right so i would say seven I'm giving it a seven. You're giving it a seven. Seven Andes. That's great. Seven Andes. I feel good about so you pretty reasonable. Seven Andes. Um, and do we do I have any other themes to play? <laughs> uh, it, right? No, we don't play a theme for the new the trailer for next week, no, do we? Let's, no, we don't. Let's hear All it. right. Uh, <laughs> do we have? Are we playing it in a special room that we need a door for? <laughs> no, we're not. No, okay. Here, here it is. Right, three oh seven. The enemy. Next week's episode. Everybody, here we go. Thank you, Trek Core, for making this possible. Next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation, Jordy is missing in action on a deadly planet. Jordy! Mister Wolf, launch the probe. A violent storm blocks the crew's desperate search to find him. Will he survive? I can't see! And his fate lies with the enemy. You are my prisoner! On Star Trek, the next generation. Fate lies with the enemy. I did a really bad job in doing an impression of him. I got a That's great right, guys. Romulan. Romulans and Geordi. Very exciting. Andy. Are you excited about next week's episode? You already watched it, right? I already watched it because we're recording it tomorrow. So. Can't wait. Can't wait for you to be more excited than ever before. It will be a little bit of guessing about your emails. We apologize. A little bit of guessing. All guessing all the time. Except we do have one email from David that we're going to read because it was about this episode and we're recording tomorrow. That's true. Because Andy, once again, is going on some sort of lavish vacation. I'm going to Tulum. That is exactly right. In fairness, mm-hmm. on almost every other break from our regular job, I have been in such a tizzy about where to go. Oh my god, that he never goes anywhere. It's insane. no decision this and gone like, nowhere. This is like the most. This is the most traveling Andy's done in the last ten years. It, I, it is it, without question. Like, true. It's crazy. Um. Anyway, you're all a delight, folks, and uh, I appreciate you, even even if you're all saying like Matt. Well, it's good to be appreciated. <laughs> uh, you guys, thanks for listening. Well, it's good to listen. <laughs> Disengage.